Good morning. And welcome to our summer recap of our youth ministry, our summer ministries, Father. We just thank you for, for coming out this morning. We want to welcome you. Um, we recognize that the summer is over at this time because schools are already started for some of you, right? Who's school started for already? School's already started, but tomorrow, this week, school really starts. Uncle Nancy said school started for him too. So I guess, you know, but summer is officially over. All right. So now everyone has to get up and go to school, you know. And for us older folks, traffic comes back. <laughs> I got all for that. No one gave me a lot. All right. And we want to welcome you to our service again. We just pray that you have come. And as we already started, we've come ready to worship our great God, who is ruler of everything, who is sovereign above all things. And we just want to start our service in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Father, we recognize this morning that without you, we are absolutely nothing. And Father, we pray this morning as we come together, I pray that we have come ready to worship and adore you. That we haven't come here this morning to give you lip service. But Father, we have come to worship you with our hearts and in spirit and in truth. And we just thank you and we praise you for just how much you love us, that you would send your son to die for us so that we could have a relationship with you. And Father, we pray this morning as we come together, Father, we pray that you would just help us to, again, just recognize that without you, we are nothing. Father, we will spend eternity away from you. And I pray this morning again, this one here that doesn't know you, that they will come to know you as Lord and personal Savior. And we just thank you, we praise you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, as we, the junior churches have, are closed um, this morning, um, this morning we want to try, especially at the beginning, to focus on our Sunday school program. And um, right now we have a, a video to, to help us see what happens in Sunday school. And I really encourage you, and I will come back after the video is shown, I really encourage you if your kids don't attend Sunday school, or you as an adult don't attend Sunday school, that you would come. And I um, hope this video will help you um, as we start new plans this summer for Sunday school. Good morning. Jesus loves me, this I know. The B-I-B-L-E. God is love. God is omnipotent. God is immutable. John 3.16. These are just some of the things that kids learn at Sunday school. In the primary department, we are presently studying the ABCs of God and Jesus what a Savior. Currently, our enrollment stands at 20 with an average of about 10 that is consistent. We have a group of faithful, dedicated teachers, namely Sister Crystal, who teaches the six-year-olds and is assisted by Sister Debbie. Also, Brother Mike, who deals with the seven-year-olds. And this year, he just had a group of girls who just run him ragged, as well as Sister Carol, who deals with the eight-year-olds. This year has been an exciting year for the kids. They thoroughly endure, enjoyed coming to Sunday school and all the lessons that they've been learning, as I mentioned before, learning the character of God, who God is, what he has done, and why we should serve and love God. As I said, Sunday school is an exciting time that the kids look forward to. And um, we have had um, some successes, I would say. Um, I could recall one Sunday when a little girl um, actually came up after Sunday school and made requests that she wanted to accept she's a saving. That was a highlight for us because even though you're teaching the kids and you're not sure what they're learning, but to have them actually come back and say to you, I want to trust Jesus, that is what it's all about, getting the kids to the point where they want to know Christ as their Savior. So um, I would just like to say to you, parents who have kids, Sunday school age level, and our group in the primary departments, ages 6 through 8, and if they're not in Sunday school, please allow them to come. Bring them. And it's an exciting time. You would be glad um, you have brought them out. And um, as we would show you later, we have kids who have gone through the program, and they can tell you that it was really beneficial to them. So I would like to um, invite you parents to please allow your kids to come to Sunday school, um, which is a, a very um, beneficial time for them. And as well as this past summer during um, 
our break, the summer break, we combined the primary and the junior department together, and we studied um, celebrating the Feast of Jesus. This was another exciting time. The kids in thoroughly enjoyed this. And in this um, aspect, they were able to understand and link the Old Testament along with the New Testament, um, being able to say how... Um, the feast that the Jews uh, celebrate, the, the Passover lamb, the Feast of Trumpets, the, the Feast of Atonement, the Feast of um, um, Barley, Unleavened Bread, all these different feasts. They, your kids, all of you who have kids been through the Sunday School um, program this summer, they're able to tell you how this relates to the New Testament, how Jesus, how Jesus is seen in all that was um, done in the feast with the um, old in the Old Testament. So um, it was an exciting time. The kids learned a lot, and um, those of you kids who were not there, they missed a great a great lesson this summer. Now we are looking forward to the new year, which starts in September, and we are hoping that when we get started the first Sunday in September, we would have um, our rooms bursting at the seams because all of you want your kids to be in Sunday school so they can learn more about what it means to know God and to love Him. Uh, Perez, how are you doing this morning? Good. Okay. What I want to find out from you is, um, do you like Sunday, do you think Sunday school is important? Yes, Mom. And why do you think so? Because we get to learn more about God. And I get to meet new people and learn new stuff about God. Very good. Has Sunday school helped you in any way? Yes, well. How has it helped you? I don't get in trouble that much. Thank you. Um, Anna, hi. Looking so beautiful this morning. Thank you. Um, do you like coming to Sunday school? Yes, I do. Why do you like coming to Sunday school? Because there's fun stuff there, and I get to learn about God. Okay, fun stuff, and I like to learn about God. What have you learned about God? I learned about many things since I came here. Like, what, 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 do you, what have you learned about God? God is what? God is powerful. Good. And... Very good. Okay. Favorite Bible verse that you learned? Or just maybe just give us one of your Bible verses you learned from Sunday school. First Corinthians 15 verse 20. This has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Very good. Good job. Thank you so much. Good morning, Miranda. How are you this morning? Hi, thank you. Good. Okay. Now, Miranda, what I want to find out from you this morning is, um, I know that you've grown up in Sunday school, basically. Um, how has it been beneficial to you since you've been through the Sunday school program? Because I learn more about God, and I'm able to discover things about myself and God that I never knew. Wow. Okay. Um, has it been um, effective uh, for you in school, at home, in any way? Yes, ma'am. Okay, in which ways? Because at school I get to help other people, and at home I help doing chores, and I don't feel bad to help people. Like, it's comfortable and it's natural. Okay, very good. As a result of going to Sunday school, how do you see God now? Before you, um, you know, as you grow up, you know that God was God, but how do you, tell me what you think about God at this point. Because I think that he's the creator of heaven and earth, and he does marvelous things for me and other people. And now Sunday school has helped me become a Christian. Very good, very good, good job. And so as a result of that, um, would you recommend any of your friends or invite friends to come to Sunday school? Yes, sir. You would. Very good. Well, thank you so much. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm good. Good, all right. All right, what I want to find from this morning, I and you are now a team in the teen department youth group now, and you've been through Sunday school, I remember you from a little girl, and I want to find out from you, what are some of the advantage or disadvantage of being in Sunday school or not being in Sunday school? Um, one of the advantages is, is that for me, it's had a spiritual foundation um, for me to get closer to God and for me to know about Him in order to accept Him as my Savior. And another advantage is it helped me to build relationships with other children and to um, just carry on those relationships today 
and to um, be closer to God as a Christian. Very good. And so you are a believer. Now, are there any disadvantages? Do you think there are disadvantages for persons who do not go to Sunday school, at least from a young age? Yeah, I think that they won't be able to um, know from a child what who God is and what God has done for them, and they won't have the spiritual foundation like I did, and it will like cause a lot of problems in their lives growing up. Okay, so would you encourage parents to bring their kids or allow their kids to come to Sunday school? Yes, I would. would. Okay, great. Thank you so much. This past year, it has been my privilege to serve the Lord and the children of the junior department, ages 9 through 11. We have been studying God is faithful to his promises. In this study, we found that God's character shows that he can be trusted. He is faithful and he will never forget his promise to us. If he says he's going to do something, he does it. Some promises are that he loves us. He has a plan for us. He will protect us, deliver us from trouble and renew our strength. We looked at conditional promises showing us again that we need to obey and God will in turn keep his promise to us. God will bless you if you obey him. One of the conditional promises is come on to me and I will give you rest found in Matthew eleven twenty eight. We had a great time. Our theme song was standing on the promises of God and other scripture songs that the children grew to love. Lessons were presented using different methods Bible drills, object lessons, short video clips, skits by the children, quiz time, craft, and award time. If your child is not attending Sunday school, we would love to have them join us every Sunday, 9.30 to 10.30 a.m., so that they can learn more about Jesus in a fun and exciting way. Would you like to make a difference? If so, the junior department at this time is in need of a superintendent, a secretary, and two male teachers. Anyone who would love to take the privilege to serve their Lord in this area, please contact Pastor Jerry or Randy Pierce. All right. Thank you, Sunday School Department. Um, just a couple of notes. Um, I mean, this new coming, this um, up, actually starting next week. Um, the Sunday School Department has instituted a new curriculum. And you know, I know some of you are like, oh, that's a change. You know, we don't like change. Um, but this change, I hope, will help our church to grow spiritually, as well to unite us in our families, because the curriculum that we're gonna use is called Lifeway Bible Studies for Life. And what it does is supposed to help disciple families and build families' relationships. What, and you may be wondering, well, how can my three-year-old be getting to say, how can we talk the same as an adult? But we have found a curriculum that can do that, where the adults will be learning the same exact application points as our kids. So that when you're at home, because a lot of us, I have a kid, and it's hard to talk to our kids about you know, things of the Lord, like exactly you know, at their level. But what this does is every week, your kid will get a paper to take home. It has questions, it has Bible readings for the whole week. You will have all this already done for you that you can ask questions. And like I said, you're going to already be going through this in your Sunday school class and adults, so it'll make it easier. And what we want to do is this is to help build the family dynamics. Not just our home family in, in the way of, in our house, but us as the whole family here at this church. And I think that that's what we need. We need to understand that we need to be unified first before we can go out into the world and, and preach the gospel. And like I said, this, this will help us from grades from age three straight up to the adults. And, um, you know, like I said, next week, this will be implemented straight through. And, um, you know, we hope that this will help, again, as, as we think of our families, that we would be able to build godly families throughout this church. Um, I hope that was what we would, all of us would want to do. Um, I don't think there's no one here who would say, I don't want to build a godly family or have a godly family. But what this will do is help us to, to be applicable at home. Um, you know, again, family devotions, you have a paper that you can actually go through um, and ask these questions to your kids. And, and like I said, it's, it's on their level. Um, sometimes we as parents want to ask these big theological questions that our kid has no idea what we're talking about. But it'll be right at their level. And like I said, this will work for preschool, kids, youth, straight up to the adults. And like I said, it's, it's a great program. Um, the the um, the, youth, the youth have been using it for a year. Um, I know some of you parents may have gotten the papers 
um, that, that we have sent home. Um, some of you may not have. Um, if you haven't, please talk to me afterwards so I could discipline your kid, because I told him to bring that paper home to you. But as we know, you get papers and they turn into paper airplanes, but hopefully that won't happen to the papers that we sent home with your kids. So now that you know this, as parents, you can ask your, your child, well, where's the paper that you're supposed to bring home to me? And if they don't have it, then they're in trouble, right? You can talk to them and I'll go to their teacher for that paper. Um, also, um, I would like to say, um, with, with our you know, Sunday school program as an adult, you know, I know sometimes we get older and we think that we don't need to come to Sunday school, but I would really challenge you to find a Sunday school class to be a part of, to help you grow spiritually. Um, I know getting up early, and I don't know why, if you're like me, Sunday morning is the hardest morning in, to get up. Is there anyone else with me on that one? Sunday morning seems the hardest morning to get up. But, you know, it's only a couple minutes earlier, maybe an hour, um, that you're to get up. Um, but I encourage you. Um, and another thing, you know, uh, one thing is to, to come with a family to church. Um, don't just drop your kids to Sunday school, but come to Sunday school as well that you could be learning as well. And like I said, with this new curriculum that we're trying to implement, it will help build that family dynamic at home. So I challenge you, next week, as the video said, we want to have a problem and wonder where we can put the kids in Sunday school. You know, I didn't get an amen for that one. <laughs> you know, we want to worry about where the kids going to go. Um, and I hope that you would be a part of our Sunday school program. Like I said, this has been an exciting summer for our, our teen ministry. Uh, we have had vacation Bible school. We have had trips to SunPower. We have had trips to um, Camp Bahamas. We've had trips to Student Life Camp. And my, me, myself, I have been to Bermuda to um, speak to a camp there. So it's been a lot of things happening. And uh, we're going to start off by showing you what happened at Vacation Bible School. We did have another video to show you the summer recap. But we've had technical difficulties this morning, so that won't be shown at a later time. But we will now show our VBS. And kids, I encourage you, because I know they're going to get excited. One thing I like about Vacation Bible School, kids get excited. You know, they're happy. they you know smiling all the time. they jump jumping up and down. Uh, and sometimes we get in church, we're like, no, stop, you can't, you know, you can't do that. But, um, you know, it's so good to see the kids in, in Vacation Bible School because they are so excited to come there. Um, and I think that we as adults need to look at the kids as an example because as excited as they are to praise God, that's how we should be. And I hope that this video will help you. And I hope kids, if you know the songs, sing them out loud. If you want to get up and do the actions. Oh, sorry, maybe shouldn't do the action in church. Anyway, I'll, I, I, if I get in trouble... They'll get in trouble. But if you want to do the actions, get up and do the actions so that the older folks can see exactly what you have been doing, all right?
good, good, good in a crazy way. God's love changed me more than I can say. Can't keep this in, gotta let it out. Gonna tell a whole world that your love is spinning me round and around. Yeah, it's turning me upside down. I can't believe the way you love me more than I can contain. I'm gonna turn around and give, give, give it away. Oh, 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 oh. I'm gonna give it away. This is how we love 
VBS is a very exciting time. Um, you know, the kids, like I said, they come to excited. They come ready to worship God. Um, you know, in fact, it'd be good if we could just stand up now and do the action. I'm only kidding. Um, but I'm going to call on Ivana McDonald this time. She assisted us um, with our music this year. She was like the head um, person teaching those kids those actions and, and everything. And um, one thing about Vacation Bible School, the songs do get stuck in your head. Um, I saw some of the parents, even in the congregation, singing the songs because they got the CDs and stuff. But, you know, one thing that's very good about those songs, as we've just heard, there's truth. Um, you know, today we could turn the radios and hear a lot of, of garbage. But if we have this type of music and stuff that are filling our minds, filling our, teen, our kids' heads with biblical truth, that's what they need. And I'm now going to call Ivana this time, and following her, Jody Delavo will give a testimony on Sun Power Trip. Good morning, church. As Pastor Nick said, my name is Ivana McDonald, and this was my first year volunteering at Vacation Bible School here at Calvary. Um, I wanted to for the past years, but I never got around to doing so. But this year, I must say, was the most inspiring and amazing experience I had. Um, just being able, the first day I started helping as the music leader with Davia and Dorothy, just being able to watch the children come in and being able to interact with them, it was amazing. Um, the first five days, the first day they came in, they were shy. They refused to do the dances. They were just standing there like, should I do it? Most of the girls were willing to, but the boys, it was, we had a hard time letting, allowing, wanting the boys to actually do the actions. With the help of Cade, Jay, and Jared, and Luke, they were able to do the dances with us in a couple sessions, and they encouraged the guys that, you know, hey, I'm a boy. It doesn't, you shouldn't be ashamed to love Jesus. Jesus loves you. And I must say that watching them grow, it has shown that they understand that Jesus actually loves them. They understood that Jesus died on the cross for them. They showed that just watching them, you could see Jesus working through them. And my favorite experience was with the K5 group. They were, it was Jude, it was Catherine, it was Mercy, it was a number of them that were just, they were coming the first time they walked in the door. Oh, I want to sing this song, I want to do that song. And so at the very first time, they, one session they did all of the songs. They refused to leave. And there was this one guy, this one little boy, his name was Carson. He said, at the end of the session, he said, I want to sing Jesus Loves Me. That's his favorite song. Every, every session he comes to, can we play Jesus Loves Me? So at the closing ceremony, he said, Ivana, do you know that Jesus loves you? And at that time, I said, wow, VBS had really impacted. It's so strange that you would not realize that although Vacation Bible School is not a missions trip or food project, just watching God work through the kids here at Calvary and their friends, it has been an amazing experience. I am so grateful for the experience I had, and I'm blessed that God has used Brother Nick and Thompson to actually work in this ministry and do a great job at it. And I pray that from my experience, you would bring your children next year and the years to come and your grandchildren. And so, thank you. This year, I went to SunPower and it was honestly the most fun I've had for the entire year. It was a very enlightening experience. This year we sang a lot of new songs, which I really liked, and we played a lot of games. Um, <laughs> unlike last year, we had our devotions with another church from Texas, and we shared some fun facts about ourselves and made some very cool friends. My favorite part of Sun Power was doing warm-ups because <laughs> everyone was struggling just like me. Tim <laughs> made us do a very complex numerical warm-up, which is a complete fail, which I'm not going to do because I will fail epically. <laughs> we also went to Wet n Wild, and that was a blast. This year, we went to a safer mission trip that was pretty messy, but still a lot of fun. We laid down mulch at Great Orlando Baptist Association. We 
I think this year we actually beat the last church that did it by an hour and a half. We did our own in about 30 minutes. That shows that babies could do work better. Just saying. <laughs> there was never a dull moment with Grant Northworthy. Because of him, I stopped saying awesome because I used to use it for everything. Now I can only say awesome for one person instead of saying it for unicorns and McDonald's fries. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really loved going to Sun Power, and I pray that I may have the chance to enjoy it again next year. Good morning, church. Okay, this summer I went on two trips. I went on the youth choir conference to um, Sun Power in Orlando. And the second one I went on was to Student Life with Nicholas and seven other young people from the church. Um, I'm going to talk about both briefly, but I'm going to start with um, Sun Power. This summer, some of, summer, some of Living Stones traveled back to Sun Power in Orlando for our second year. This was a time for vigorous choir practice, praise and worship with a live band, with Meredith Andrews, mission work, and Bible study. Our pastor for the week was Grant's Nor Grant Norsworthy, an Australian. He was a speaker that made you look at your life and review the choices that you have made, the bad ones and the good ones. He did not come across as a pastor who was just presenting a message to a group of people. It felt as though the message was aimed at every ear personally. This was a trip that did train our voices as a choir to better blend and brought us together better as closer friends. It was a bonding time that we had a lot of jokes together, as well as some very deep spiritual discussions. I wanted to share one story with you. The last night, we were in a hot tub after the conference, and another choir came in to join us. So we decided together that we would sing one of the songs we had learned from Living Stones. As we finished our song and decided to leave the hot tub, a man stopped us. He said, and I quote, that we had really blessed him that he felt as though he was in the presence of angels and thanked us for blessing his heart. One missions project that we all enjoyed was feeding children everywhere. This was a missions project um, where we packed and all dried food. We packaged this right here, as you can see here. This is a dried mixture of pack, uh, package. It has lentils, rice, dried vegetables, and pink Himalayan salt. It's very nutritious, and this costs about 25 cents. We all packaged these, our groups, we had three different assembly lines, and it takes about, this takes about 10 seconds, maybe, from start to finish, and this is six servings of food. So we, um, we packaged those, and we packaged approximately 4,000 meals with three, two other churches. For this trip, I'd just like to say thank you to parents and other individuals who in any way helped to make this trip possible by helping to make desserts helping with the concert, or even just with your prayers. The second trip I went on was to Student Life in Daytona Beach. This, this was a trip that was a live worship conference, Bible study, as well as Christian dramas. We had worship leaders who were nationally and internationally renowned, Christian Stanfield, Chris Tomlin, and Brett Yonker. They provided a worship experience, experience that was unparalleled. The songs were aimed towards our generation and they were filled with spiritual truths, a vision of a true God. The songs were very catchy, as most people would know. Usually, secular songs are the ones that usually stick in your head. This conference was very different. You would oftentimes lose yourself singing the songs from the conference instead of other worldly songs. You'd find yourself singing them and you wouldn't even know it. One thing at this conference that really hit our group was the story of Compassion Ministries where an African boy by the name of Evans came to visit and told us the story of a family that had figuratively adopted him in the United States. And the man who adopted him had become his fatherly figure and allowed him to accept the Lord as his savior. Then we had a chance to learn more about Compassion Ministries and our family decided to adopt this little child here, a Snyder Moises Gonzalez Morgan. He lives in South America and he's a child that lives with high risks of child rights violations. And so what you do is every month you pay $30, $28, no, $38, $38. And what it does is it helps him to be able to go to church, 
learn, get an education. So you actually do share the gospel with this child, and he actually gets to learn about you personally. He'll send you letters. You send back letters, tell him where you're from. And um, that was something big that we did, um, as well as we accepted one for our youth ministry to do, our youth group. So we'll be supporting two children. Um, one thing that was a beautiful sight was when altar calls were made. Hundreds of people came to the front to be prayed over and accepted the Lord as their Savior out of 6,000 people. We as a body of Christ from Calvary, as well as the other people in the audience, reached out our hands as well to pray with them as the, the leaders of the conference did. Our speaker for the conference, Louis Giglio, was amazing. When, we, when he opened the word, it was interesting and it kept you on the edge of your seat. One, one night, he even spoke for an hour and a half and it didn't even feel like five minutes. I would like to thank anyone who helped in any way with this missions trip um, of any, in any way. Um, it really did make a difference in a lot of people's lives. I know um, Jody Wims, who has gone away to school now, she said it really had impacted her. Um, I'd like for you also to pray for the persecuted church. We did that as well there. We spent about, I think it was about 10 minutes. We, we prayed with other churches as well as our row. We got in small groups and we prayed for the persecuted church. They do live their lives a lot differently than we do here. We have the free right to come to church. They don't. And I'm sure you've been hearing a lot about it on the news recently. When we came back, we wanted to try and get as many people from the youth group to be on board and get ready to go next year. Pastor Nick is looking into another conference that is put on by the same people in Atlanta that we are really excited about maybe going to. Um, I hope that you would just aid in being possible to carry more youth than what we did. We only carried seven people. We had an amazing time, but I think if we could take more, it'd be an amazing experience. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> okay, my name is Christina. Uh, I don't think all of you know me. Um, but I also went to student life. Um, Ethan covered mostly everything. And so <laughs> I'm going to be very short. Um, but yeah, I went to Daytona Beach, Florida um, with a bunch of amazing people. And um, the experience is great. It was one that I can't, I won't forget, hopefully. Yeah, so we went to Disney World, too. Um, and the reaction from Mercy was priceless. She was excited about the whole thing, which made it even better for us. And then um, we drove over to Daytona to the conference, and just the people there, seeing them excited to get started, it was great. Sorry. Um, and then the worship was amazing. It was powerful and one that I've never experienced in my life. Um, and the fellowship between the nine of us was great. Like bonds were made and friendships that were that were already formed, like grew a lot stronger. And it was amazing to see that. So I'm glad I was able to be a part of this, and hopefully I get to go again. Just 
ground His body lay Light of the world by darkness slain Then bursting forth in glorious day Up from the grave He rose again And as He stands in victory Let's just pause for a word of prayer before we look into God's Word. And Father, we thank you for just the testimonies. And Father, we thank you for your love for us. And Father, we thank you that we can just know that in Christ alone, our hope is found. And Father, tonight, today, this morning, Father, we know that some cannot sing that because they have no hope. And Father, we pray that for those who don't have hope, that they would find hope in you because only hope comes in you. And we just thank you and we praise you for all you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, if you look in your bulletin, it said, briefly, I will share a challenge. All right? So I'm going to be very brief. But if you have your Bible, you can turn to Daniel chapter 6. And this morning, we want to look at a very familiar passage, a story that we all grew up hearing. And as we have the kids in here, they have heard this story over and over again. But as you have heard, we have heard some good testimonies of kids wanting to grow in their relationship with Christ, wanting to see a change. And, and I know that a lot of times what happens is we go away and we have this passion in us when we come back. But for some strange reason, when school starts, it fizzles away. This morning we want to look at Daniel and, and look at a, a man, a, a boy who was faithful to God no matter what. He didn't care what people said. He didn't care what would come against him. All he worried about was pleasing God himself. You know, this morning I could tell you that I am a great basketball player. I can talk a good game. I can tell you Michael Jordan is a joke compared to me. And you all know that's a lie right now, right? But there's a lot of people that talk a good game. There's a lot of people that talk a good Christian game. There's a lot of people who know the Christian needs, the things to say to make people think that it is great Christian. But when the tough gets going, we see the true colors come out. We see when they squeeze and what really comes out. And we see right here in, in Daniel chapter 6, and tonight, this morning, the main point is this. You talk by the way you walk. You talk by the way you walk. The way you walk is the way people see you. In Daniel chapter 6, in starting at verse 3, it says this, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps, 
because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the president of the satraps sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the king, to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error and fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Which brings us to the first point this morning. We look at jealousy brings trouble on Daniel. We see here that these group of men, all the other governors, the presidents, all these people, they were very jealous of Daniel. Because they saw Daniel had favor in the king's eye. They saw that Daniel had favor because you know why? Because he was a man of God. And we see there in the same verse right there, in verse 5, it says this, Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Wow, what, a, what an amazing verse that is. That they said, you know what? We want to try to find something on Daniel, but we can't find nothing on him. We can't find no fault in him. We can't find anything wrong. The only thing we can find wrong with him is he loved God too much. He has a passion for God. That's the only thing that we can say that we can find fault with. What about you? What about me? What would people look in our lives? What would they say about us? We all have faults. We all have problems. We all have things that irritate us or get us mad, upset. But would they be able to say, you know what? I, the only thing I could really question them on is their love for God. You know, I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not me. If I'm honest with myself. This is a, this, I mean, this is just a challenge for all of us this morning. That the only thing that they could find wrong with him is his love for God. And it goes on in verse 6. Then these presidents and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the counselors, and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes a petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast in the den of the lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. Here it is. These guys are so jealous of Daniel. And they say, you know what, king? Man, you the man. You're the man. You know, we don't want no one else to talk anything good about anybody else. You're the man. You're the one we need to be worshiping. You're the one we need to be lifting up. And this is why they, they made sure they got in the king's ear and said, look, sign this document. And I don't know about you, if you're anything like me, but uh, you order stuff on the internet or you um, have these things and they always have a check at the bottom. I agree to the terms and conditions. I have read the terms and conditions. How many of you read all those terms and conditions and check that? Anybody? Nobody, right? Oh, somebody read that. Probably nobody reads every single thing. It's always in the fine print. Here it is. This is what's happening. Look, man, King, the scientist, man, you, you're the man. You don't want no one else to, to be worshipped. You don't want no one else to be talked about. Just sign this, man. You know, just don't worry about anything else. All the worship will come to you. Everything will be about you. So what does the king do? I could almost imagine them, you know, putting a piece of paper. They just signed this, man. Just signed. This is what it says. Sign it. What about us? Are we the same way? Just because it's easy or somebody tells us something sounds good, we're willing to follow. We're willing to say, you know what? I'm going to follow it. I'm going to do it. But we see, as the second point we're going to look at, nothing would stop Daniel from serving God. In verse 10, it says this. When Daniel knew, and this isn't, this is very important for us to understand, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before him as he had done previously. Now hold on. Verse 10, it didn't say Daniel did not know anything about it. Oh, this was a secret thing for Daniel. He didn't understand what was going on. What did it say? He knew that a document had been signed. And what did he do? He didn't say, well, you know what? I'm going to go over here in the back there and squat down so they don't see me praying. What did he do? Windows wide open. 
You know, like me and you sometimes when we, like even as teenagers at school or we at work and we want to have lunch, you know, we do that whole thing where we don't want people to see us praying. We like, you know, I just have a problem, an itch right here or something fell on the ground, I got to pick it up. And you pray in that, you know, a little bit of time, you know, because you don't want no one to really know that you're praying. You're ashamed sometimes. Daniel didn't care. Daniel said, you know what? Open the windows. Window open. I'm not going to close them windows. I want them to see me. Because you know what? I'm praying to the great God. I'm pursuing God no matter what. No matter what anyone tells me to do different, I'm going to pursue God. I don't care what you say. I don't care what document a king has assigned. Because you know what? There is only one God. And I'm going to serve him no matter what. Doesn't matter the persecution that's going to come. No matter what, if I got to go to the lion's den, I'm ready to go. You see, we, as Ethan said, we all have heard now about all the persecution going around the world. We don't face that same persecution. But yet we are ashamed of God sometimes. We are ashamed to say, you know what, God? I'm 100% in. I'm fully in. I don't care what no one else says. Whether we're at school, whether we're at work, wherever we are, sometimes it comes to the point where, you know what? It's better for me just to be quiet instead of standing up for God. But Daniel did not believe that. Daniel said, you know what? I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to do the same routine I've always done. Because that's the only person that I need to please. In verse 11 it said, Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. You see, the, the men, they knew what he was going to do. They knew that Daniel's faith was so strong that he, they knew he was going to continue to pray. They knew it. They had no doubt that Daniel's faith in God was so strong that he was going to continue to do it. What about us? What about you? What about me? Is our faith that strong that no matter what, we're willing to continue to do whatever God calls us to do, even if persecution comes our way? Very hard to think about. Very hard to, you know, answer. I would hope that I would be willing to go into the lion's den. I would hope so. It goes on. Then they came near and said before the king and concerned the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes the petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the dens of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast, according to the Lord of Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of your exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petitions three times a day. You see, again, these guys are in the king's head. Look, Daniel over there, he doesn't care what you're saying. You know, he's not just praying one time. And they, and they made sure, they didn't say he's only praying one time. He saw him praying one. No, he prays three times a day. He continues to do it. And we know, as we're going to see, the relationship that Daniel and the king had. That it was very hard for the king to do this. Because he knew the faith that Daniel had. He knew the relationship. And he knew how powerful Daniel's God truly was. And verse 14, Then the king, when he had heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians that, Medes and Persians, that no injunction or ordinance that the king established can be changed. You know, they made it very clear. Look, you signed it. It's already done. You can't change it by the, by the law of the Medes and Persians. You cannot change anything. Even if you have this feeling that you don't want to do it, you can't change it because you already signed the contract. You already agreed to the terms and conditions supplied. You already checked that box. There's nothing else you can do. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the lion's den. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it. And with the signet of his lords, and nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. Here it is, the king is fasting and praying. Look, don't let anything happen to Daniel. Don't let anything happen to him because we know that he loves you, Lord God. And we see this last point that we're going to look at. Daniel is delivered by God. 
And for me and you this morning, as we go through trials and tribulations, and we go through problems, as we come up against people in school, at work, or whatever, God's going to deliver us. But we have to continue to trust Him and continue to go through it. And I even love, if you, if you know this particular book, if you read Daniel chapter 3, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through the fiery furnace. And they knew, then they said to themselves, we know that God can deliver us. But even if He doesn't, we're still willing to go through the fiery furnace. They knew that he could do it. And I think Daniel probably the same mindset. Look, God can deliver me. But even if he doesn't do it, I'm going to continue to trust him. I'm going to continue to let him to work. So as a Christian, as, as you go through to school, as you start school tomorrow, or if you already started school, as you go to work, remember that no matter what comes your way, you have a God that can deliver you. You have a God that can comfort you. You have a God that is there for you, even in times of persecution. Is it going to be easy? No. You know, God never promised in His Word that a Christian life is easy. In fact, He told it was easy for us to live in the world. In His famous Sermon on the Mount, He he tells us that, look, many will be on the road to destruction, but few will find the road that leads to eternal life. So we have to recognize as one that it's easy for us. It's easy for us to be on this wide road to destruction. It's easy for us to continue on doing the things that we used to do. It's harder for us to pursue God. It's harder for us to say, you know what? No matter what, I'm going to pursue God in all that I do. Verse 19, Then at the break of day, the king arose and went in a haste of the den of lions. And he came near to the den where Daniel was, and he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the, king, from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I have found blameless before him, and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Anyone ever been bit by a lion? No, right? No, right? Well, my parents have a cat, and I don't know why, this cat doesn't like me. Every time I go and rub the cat, the cat decides he wants to bite me. I do know the cat no harm. I try to show him love, and he still bites me. But here it is, this is a lion. I don't know if you've ever seen a lion or you've seen any type of wild animal. It's very hard to tame them. It's very hard to see them, to tell them to, to close their mouth. It's very hard to do that. It's probably impossible. But it's not impossible for God. God closed the mouth. And, and you know, you may be thinking this morning, if you, man, that's only a Sunday school story. Um, you know, that lion was tame, man. That wasn't a, that wasn't a real lion. That was a little cat where they, was talking about. But if you read further on, what does it tell us about the rest of the people? It says in verse 25, Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded that all the men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast in the den of lions. They, their children, and their wives... And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Wow. You know, like I said, this ain't no team lions. This ain't no lions that was trained by the best trainer in the world. They couldn't even get to the ground. They couldn't even get to the bottom. It's sad to see that all the wives and children had to die as well. But we see that we have a God that can deliver us through any situation that we go through. But we have to be faithful. We have to trust Him. We have to understand that, look, even if it means me facing the lion's den, I'm going to have to continue to pursue God. Because He can deliver me. Now, does that mean He will always let me go or say, well, I'm going to make life easy for you? No. Because our faith has to be tested as well. It would be easy if God just said, I'm going to let you, you know, do what you want to do, and I'm going to set you free and, and um, make every situation easy for you. That would be an easy life to live. But it's not that easy. You see, it requires faith. It requires us to say, you know what, no matter what, God, I want you to work in through me. We see through Daniel's faith, we see through his, his way of saying, you know what, I want God to be all that I'm about. I want God to be everything. We see what happens at the end of this, this chapter. And it says in verse 26, I make a decree that in all my dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. 
for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall be never destroyed. His dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and earth. He who was saved, Daniel, from the power of the lions. So this, Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and reigned Cyrus the Persian. You see, for me and you, even in those times of trouble, even when persecution comes our way and we stand up, we will make a difference. People will notice that. People will respect us no matter what. They may not agree with us, but they will respect you for, for standing up for God. You know, we so many times allow people to, to, to cause us to sway, cause us to be scared to stand up for God. But I don't know about you, but I know for me, I would want to stand up for God no matter what. Because you know what? At the end of the day, He's the one that, He's the one that I'm trying to please. He's the one that's going to deliver me. He's the one that, at the end of the day, is going to allow the things that come into my life. He's the sovereign king. He's in control of all of it. What about you this morning? Are you going to be like Daniel? That when you go to school tomorrow, that you're going to stand up for God no matter what? Or whether you're at your workplace, are you willing to say, you know what? I'm willing to do whatever it is to stand up for God. Because you know what? This is what we live for today. If you haven't looked around, a lot of things are happening in the world. Problems are all around us. There's only one person that we can go to to comfort. And that's God himself. So I challenge you as we close this service, that we would be like Daniel and know that no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter, you know, we, that we would keep the windows open and let people see us praising our great God. In the good times and the bad times. Because He is worthy of all our praise. Father, we thank You for this morning. We thank You for Your love. Thank You for Your grace and Your mercy. And Father, we pray that You would continue to be with us throughout this rest of the day and throughout this week. That we would honor You in all that we do. And that we would recognize again that Father, the only life that's worth living is a life for you. And I just pray that there's one here that doesn't know your Savior, that they would come to know you, that they would be willing to come and talk to one, myself or one of the elders. We just thank you. We praise you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.